0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Not Too Taboo. Thanks for joining us today.
1: And you're just in time because this is what I'm calling medical grade conversation without pre- the prescription. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is medical grade, baby. This is the good stuff.
0: Is this a new thing? Did you work on this all night and I'm nah, not it just kind of
1: came to mind right now. I don't even know if it works, but I thought I'd try it out on you and Probably you not. didn't respond.
0: Nope, nope, nope. Nothing there. Nothing there. All right, nobody. taking it back. We're
1: going fully organic, everybody. <laughs>
0: Um, so, babe, let's uh, let's catch everybody up on our last week of of pure funness.
1: Well, there was a is lot. Is that of even a word? Funness? I don't think it's a word. I don't, no. but I you think, like to do that? You know it, what It's though, a Gretchenism.
0: You know that um, TV show, Salmon Cat, that that um, Skyler absolutely loves. Yeah, the Nickelodeon show. Okay, so you know that episode where the girls go to the like dictionary judge panel and they like.
1: In Oxnard,
0: yes. And isn't they, this
1: crazy? Like we actually know an episode of Nickelodeon.
0: <laughs> and you guys, this is I what know, our life is, has come. down to. This is what our life has come down to. But the best part is, they go and they try to convince the board that a word that they made up should be in the dictionary. I'm just saying, funn- oh, funnest. Oh, Jesus Christ! What's, what's the word I just said? Funnest. Funner. Fun. No, I said funnest. 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 That word should be in the dictionary. Is Look, all I'm saying. We
1: can't even go there because you make up words constantly. <laughs> I do. If I didn't speak I Gretchen, know. we would not even be able to communicate.
0: Nope, you're totally right. I do make up words on the daily. <laughs> Like um,
1: like literally Skylar will make a sound. You go, that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I,
0: speaking of words, babe, what happened this last week? I am so excited. Okay, right hold now. on
1: a second. She's claiming Skylar said Mama. I'm
0: not claiming anything. You heard it, buddy. You heard it and and her nanny confirmed that she said ma and then like didn't say the second part, but I heard first and second part, Mama. She said mama, you guys. I really kind of think she She, had food in
1: her mouth and she was slurring. No,
0: listen, you guys. You guys, this was so amazing. So I've been practicing with her secretly. Don't tell Slate. And I was literally in the back of the car and she was, you know, I had her set up in her little hugaboo thing. And I said to her, I said, Skylar, do you want to like play with mama? And she's like, mama. And I was like, oh my gosh, she said it. She said the name. And she said it before Dada. And the nanny even confirmed, (laughs) she confirmed that it's really hard for, normally the babies say Dada before they say mama. So I'm just saying, I think the baby likes me more than you.
1: I'm just saying, I think the nanny's kissing up. I think she's kissing up because she knows you're the one that runs the Venmo account. (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) I buy her all the toys, right? Yeah, you buy her
1: all the toys. All the nanny's always nice to you. And, no, you know. I
0: got to say, I was really excited, you guys. It was really cute because she literally, I mean, it might not have been a full like mama, like where you were like, wow, that was definitely mama, but it was like mama. It could have been, I want more. No, it was, it it I want was, money. It was, very, it was you're very saying similar. it's mama. I was very excited. Like, I feel like she said mama.
1: At what age do kids talk?
0: Uh, well, it just depends for each kid. Skylar sings. She sings. She wakes up every morning singing. She does. It's so cute, you guys. We wake up to her singing in the crib. Oh, because a lot of people are asking if she has been transitioned into her crib, and she was. At six months, we transitioned her into her crib, which was a very difficult feat, honestly, for all accounts.
1: And I transitioned myself. (laughs) Uh, It's good that we're talking about transition. I transitioned into sleeping in her rocking chairs, what happened.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, So yeah, so this last week, I feel like it's been a little bit better. Her sleeping's been better. She's been really cute. Like, every day, just giggling and laughing. Her personality is coming out so much more, wouldn't you say? She's freaking
1: cute. We're so she's, biased.
0: She's really cute. Yeah. So it's been a fun week. Um, you know, I will say, though, in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, we've we've been, you know, there's still, like, this um, cloud of sadness, if you will, in, in the country, in the world, um, regarding, you know, the Kobe Bryant uh, stuff that's going on, his memorial that just recently happened.
1: Well, it's hitting so close to home, too, because I really embraced, you know, that statement that he made made about being a girl dad. Yeah. You know, and it really does have such meaning when you are the father of a young girl. Yeah. And so it makes you think so much about, you know, am I doing the right things to make sure she's supported and taken care of?
0: You know, it's interesting, too, and I talked to you about this after Kobe's memorial service. As tragic as this whole thing has been, I always try to find the silver lining something. And I always try to see, you know, what good maybe could come out of this. And, you know, this is what our pastor teaches us, Pastor Rick Warren. And I got
1: to give you props for this, too, because I know that during Jimmy Kimmel's speech, mm-hmm. he tried to do the same thing. And to his point, he couldn't really come up with anything that was good. That came from this because it is so very tragic. But I think your your point warrants some real consideration.
0: Well, you know, listen. This is just uh, you know my my small little opinion here. But because and and this might just be me too trying to make sense of the whole situation and, and try to say this is the reason it happened. But you know, you guys think about this. What other celebrity, you know, athlete, person on this world? I I just—we couldn't think of somebody that could reach across the world and across the country on such the level that Kobe has, and affect people, and affect people people the way they have. I mean, if let's think about it, you guys, this world is messed up right now. There is so much going on out in the world. There is so much hatred. There's so much ugliness. There's so much toxicity. But if this had to happen, I feel like, in a way. Kobe and his daughter and those seven people on a plane, in, in a way, is they they've been like a martyr for, for life right now for everyone to stop and go wow like like wow and it's brought so many people together, it's caused everyone to hug their partners a little bit tighter to hug have their kids tighter hold their kids tighter to have gratitude to to to. To speak more out of love rather than hate. And I I just I you can feel it. Like like Jimmy was talking about, you you go around every bin and there's um, every
1: corner, every building. There's you know, a mural. God, mur- God called them home for a reason. Yeah. And I know it's so difficult to decipher what that reason is, but you know, as you and I kind of talked through it. Maybe this is that wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is that thing that forces us all to have some appreciation for friends, family, co-workers, realize how short life truly is. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether you're a famous celebrity, you've got all the money there is in the, in the world. Mm -hmm. None of that matters Mm -hmm. because your life can be snatched away in the blink of an eye.
0: And you know, what's interesting too, is we were talking about if Kobe passed away, you know, 89 years of age and, and he was, you know, accomplished all these
1: things. Yeah.
0: But like, he probably would have just been you know, talked about as he was this great basketball legend. But because of what's happened at this age, at this stage, he, he you know, loses his life with his daughter and these seven other people in the helicopter crash in such a tragic way. It forces us to take an inventory and really look at everything about who he was in his life. And I think what's so amazing is I could see it on the men's faces in that memorial. How many of them were like, questioning and and doing a checklist of like am i that same girl dad am i that same man in my life do i live up to this person that Kobe Bryant had become yeah. you know whether it's you know excelling women's you know sports the way that Kobe was so involved in it i think it really has made everyone Take a look at themselves and say, "What am I doing to better this world?"
1: Agreed. Yeah. Even his best friend Larry talking about the fact that his last act yeah. was really looking was to you know help and support someone else in need. Like his last give, act giving was giving heroic. Still, still heroic. Yeah. So it was it was really crazy to me, and it was really in my head. The first thing that popped up is Buddhism you know in buddhism what is is people worshiping this great man he wasn't a god he wasn't a deity he was just someone that accomplished great acts and everyone aspired to be that great person mm-hmm. so i'm officially now wanting to launch kobeism
0: <laughs> i love it
1: <laughs> i think it's kobeism. important. it's full on kobeism yeah. wanting to be better be that girl dad or yeah. that you know that boy dad you know give to others around yeah. you support and uplift and you're right this this tragedy maybe needed to happen because maybe this is the time we need it most. And yeah. it's, it's so sad because our hearts go out to Vanessa and those families and every, everything they're going through. Yeah. But
0: we don't want it to happen, but if it did have to happen, I, I think it's interesting. We pray that, that it exacts change. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if it, this, if this was what was in the universe to have happen, we pray that it is for good and that change will come from it. So speaking of that memorial, babe, uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union were there. And they're in the news right now um, because of um, the recent... Yes,
1: the transgender daughter's controversy that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, because of what's going on there. And, and, you know, for those of you that don't know, um, uh, their daughter that was previously known as Zion, um, she came home and she said, hey, so I want to talk to you guys. I think I'm going... Forward, I'm ready to live my truth, and I want to be referenced as sh- as she and her. And I'd love for you guys to call me Zaya. So, this is so interesting, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's it's such an interesting subject. It's a touchy subject. um Powerful been... though uh,
1: to you know think about the fact, Dwayne and Gabriella's parents mm-hmm. that Zaya felt comfortable enough to come out to them and knew that they would be there to support her, which mm-hmm. is amazing. She's
0: 12 years old, you guys. Um, and she did this and, uh, first of all, you know, let's commend her for being a 12 year old girl, coming to mom and dad and saying, mom and dad, I want to live in my truth. You know, like you got to commend, uh, this child because there's so many children out there that that are just so confused and so concerned. And, and, and that's a shout out to Dwayne and Gabrielle too, that they are parents, obviously that the child feels like they can come and and talk to them. So, um. So here's the thing, too. What's in- interesting about this news that's come out? We've also had some rappers by the name of Boozy Badass and Young Thug. Um, they've made public transphobic comments. And last week in particular, Boozy and Dwayne had, um, Boozy said that Dwayne had gone too far by letting his 12 year old child come out as a transgender girl. And, quote, he said, this is a male, a 12 year old. At 12, they don't even know what the next meal's going to be.
1: They're so, it's such a an- ignorant and stupid comment
0: it's just it's really sad that like you know that and these are these are powerful public people that are coming out and saying, you know, these transphobic comments that are that are just, I mean, think about this poor 12-year-old child. Like she's just trying to figure out her own. And now you are have these very public people coming out and making all these comments. And then after Boozy's comment went viral and earned him backlash, Gabrielle. That's so her it should feelings, have, by the way. Yeah, Sorry. She let her feelings be known by liking a tweet on BuzzFeed. And that tweet read, I wish y'all would keep the lid closed on Boozy's trash um on boozy's trash ass instagram it stinks in here every time someone opens the lid um and then we got to commend our girl cardi b yeah because she came to the defense of uh gabrielle of and, gabrielle and, and dwayne and, and uh zaya and she said um she told her fans she went live on instagram and told her fans people are born like that like the lady gaga song i was born this way so thank you cardi b for standing up for speaking, um, you know, uh,
1: yeah, her truth and yeah. doing what's right, and I think there's a reason that people like Bootsy and Thug are only kind of known versus some of these other artists, you know, who are more open and, and well. And accepting what's sad is they might be
0: they might be doing that just to get themselves more known. Who knows, you know? But yeah. but here's the truth. Listen, well, we're that's not,
1: desperate and thirsty. Hold enough. on,
0: listen. We're not here to judge them. What we are here to do is we're here to educate them. And maybe, as we've talked about several times, hatred. And, you know, uncomfortableness comes from fear. And maybe they themselves... Aren't knowledgeable enough or don't understand this enough. So I think that's what this podcast is about is really helping people get educated, get more knowledgeable, help them grow, help them flourish, help them be better people in this world.
1: This is why I love you so much, Gretchen, because you helped pull me back. I was feeling myself slipping over the judgy cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based upon those She's, dumbasses' comments. No, but I know. you know what? You're right. We should we should stand in a position of um, non-judgmental reaction to those dummies <laughs> who said something so ignorant and stupid that they got backlashed on the internet.
0: Okay, here we anyway. go. No, but anyways, uh, kudos to Dwayne and Gabrielle, and uh, we wish Zaya all the luck in you know navigating this new world. Um, and thank you for for coming out, speaking publicly, and really helping educate people. And we cannot wait for you guys to speak with our um, or hear from our next guest, Haley. All right, you guys, our next guest is calling in today all the way from New York. She is on the set of her show called Pose on FX. She is a groundbreaking actress. She plays Lulu Abundance.
1: I love the name Lulu Abundance. I know. Isn't
0: it so cute? On the show Pose. And we are just so excited to have her here today on our podcast. Please welcome Haley Sahar. Yay, Haley. <laughs> Woo. Hey. Oh. Yeah, that's our,
1: uh, our sound machine.
2: <laughs> thank you for having me.
1: So thank now you're calling in from New York.
2: I am. You are taking your
1: time off of your busy set to join us today.
2: I am. It was really important to me to be here. So I, I definitely am. And um, yeah, I actually just landed yesterday.
0: Ah. Wow. So
1: thank you again so much.
0: First of all, we love Ryan Murphy. He's, yeah. He's an incredible.
1: We like to pretend that we're friends, but we're really not. Yeah. <laughs> We <laughs> uh, me met Ryan briefly when he was doing an episode of Watch What Happens Live in mm-hmm. New York. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, he's he's awesome. He just has amazing, great content. So, Haley, tell us a little bit um, about Pose and and what it's about, so the audience knows.
2: Yes, yeah, so Pose is about the ballroom culture. Um, we are on our third season now. We started off in 1987. We went to 1991, and now we're currently filming season three in 1994. And what it's about is it's about a group of minority, black and brown individuals, uh, specifically LGBTQ uh, characters. And um, it's five leading trans women, I'm one of them. And um, it's about children who have been uh, discarded out from their families, from not accepting them for their backgrounds of being LGBTQ related and coming together as a community to create their own world, their own sense of community, their own sense of Hollywood,
0: Oh, I love that. You know, it, it makes me think about the fact that um, you grew up in a religious family. And um, I, I'm curious how your family reacted to, you know, just all of this. Um, you know, you, you uh, coming out to them as transgender, like how, how did that affect you as a child? And how did that play into your family life?
2: touch on that. I know it's it's a lot more that will definitely be in my book, and it's so much to name now. I would say that each individual has had their own processing with my journey, and I can't say it was one way with each person. Um, I will say on record, my mother has always been supportive of me. My mother has never wavered in her love or affection for me. Um, my mother has always been in my corner. And so have my brothers. I have five brothers, and they've all adored me all of my life. A lot of my um, distance came more so from my father's side of the family, the religious side of the family. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as I've grown, they've also grown with me. I think in their experience with me present day, the way that I carry myself uh, The resilience that I have, the tenacity that I carry, the respect I carry for myself, I think they've had no choice but to stand up and respect me and to actually take the time to learn what love really looks like. Um, For me, spiritually, I definitely struggled um, because you know growing up I was told you were going to go to hell or right. you are going to be condemned and you're right. bad but it conflicted with my heart because I know that I'm a good person I know that the way that I feel has nothing to do with my sexuality it's just the way that I see myself and so it was very difficult and I had to find God for myself and see there's key things in the Bible that stand out to me where it says God is love and so when I look at the definition of love love is kind love is pure love does not judge or harm mm-hmm. and so I understand that's who God is and so rather than than preaching what my interpretation of God is, I choose to live by what it actually says God is. And God is love, and I am love because I'm an extension of God just like everyone else. And so once I found that for myself and own that for myself, I think that that energy exudes out of me. And so um, I've always been a very patient person with my family, and so I think that we've grown from where we were before. But my mother has always been there, and my mother is the I would say the main reason for my um, my tenacity, if you will, and yeah. my my um, just determination. My mother has always encouraged me to follow my heart. So yeah, that, that's that's I was on that.
0: Well, everything you said about God and love—that's that's such a beautiful sentiment and. Uh, we appreciate everything that you're saying about that. Um, I think, I think for, you know, part of our podcast, this not too taboo podcast is to really mm-hmm. help our listeners, um, you know, really educate them and help them, you know, talk about subjects that are sometimes taboo. And, and sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of people out there that, that, you know, don't know how to ask a certain question or if they're asking the incorrect mm-hmm. question, all the stuff. And Slate and I on our way up here, um, you know, we were doing research about your story and everything. And and it was interesting because everything I was reading was everything introduced you as this transgender actress, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I found interesting about that is I looked at Slade and I said, We're well, like, why? Why does she have to be quantified mm-hmm. as tra- transgender? Why isn't she just yeah. this actress? She's Haley. She's this amazing woman that's this amazing actress. And she does music and she has a book coming out and all these things. And so my question for you is mm-hmm. you know when you were a young girl and you were trying you you were experiencing like I feel like I'm this woman how like how was that for you was that transition something that was very difficult or did you just always know I, I want to help people out mm-hmm. there understand what this process is like because as we know hatred and um,
1: bigotry and all of these and things, all these things they're based come in fear they they're come based from in fear and
0: from and yeah. feeling you know. Uh, uncomfortable around somebody because they don't understand it. So I want to help people understand better. You know, as as a as a young girl, what you were struggling with and why people need to be more open about this. Well, this is
1: so prevalent too, Haley. Before you even answer the question, I mean, this is you know, it's it's a f- topic because we all know now that Dwayne Wade uh, and Gabrielle Union are publicly announcing the fact that Zaya mm-hmm. is transitioning. Um, and and obviously, there's been you know some. Blowback, some ridicule. And so the, the advice you have to share is critically important. And and I think that now is a perfect time to share your experiences and, and, and share some, some guidance to people that are struggling with this.
2: Yes. Well, um, I stated actually in my Playboy article that I don't personally identify as a trans woman. I'm a woman who happens to have trans experiences and that's Brilliant. how I identify myself. Um, and I thought that was very powerful when I came to that understanding of my own being. Um, for me growing up, it was a different time. There was no pose, there was no, you know, there was no Google that you can Google what transgender was. I didn't even know that terminology at the time. So for me, I just knew that I felt my body was not correct and I can't speak for other people. I'm just thinking for myself. There's not a time where I was ever comfortable in my my natural body state. I felt that something was off and I don't know, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know as far as genetically or or as far as chromosomes go when a fetus is in their mother. I don't know how that process works, but, um, I just felt that I wasn't, something was off. And so I grew up very, um, isolated. I was very withdrawn as a child and, um, I never went into the boys' bathrooms until it was completely empty, and I would always, you know, sit on the toilet. And I just, I just didn't feel right, mm-hmm. and um, I just, I was afraid. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to articulate these words to make sense, yeah, um, to express my emotion. But I was afraid. And if you could think of a little child knowing nothing about the world, I was afraid. Wow. I was afraid of being hurt by people. Um, I was afraid of predators, which I definitely ran into those things as well during my journey. And um,
0: when you say predators, explain to me what you mean by that.
2: Well, um, I'll touch lightly on that just because it's it's a very deep subject for me. But I think when you are a child who is um, withdrawn the way that I was, I think that it's easy for people to prey on that as a weakness. Yeah. And I definitely have those things. And so that kind of just pushed me more down into my show. Right. And um, I didn't have, you know— I'm trying, I'm really trying to articulate this, so forgive me, but I did not have a show like Pose. I did not have, uh, actors and activism that was going on. So I, by the grace of God, honestly, I would say that that is how I got to where I am today. I, I became a very spiritual person Mm -hmm. and I leaned on my own heart and my own, um, just strength and, you know, my mother's words. And that's how I got to this point. But if you're ever trying to understand, a person that is of trans experience or gender non-binary, um, I would say just to listen more. You know, what I think we do is I think we lack listening and respecting. Mm-hmm. You may not understand something um, firsthand, but listen, you know, we're all put on this earth and to be honest with you, nobody knows the exact answer to everything. Yeah. We are all here learning from each other. No one has the right answer to life. We're all here for a short amount of time. And then we transition on to wherever we go after this. So in that time, it's about respecting each other, respecting our youth, and listening, listening to each other and learning from each other. And that's the best advice I would give. Um, I recently actually just hung out with Gabrielle Union and Dwayne, and um, they're beautiful people, and I love what they're doing with their daughter. I love the support they have behind the child, and I think we need more of that. We need more of that support.
1: Well, it's got to be challenging because as a child, again, society has tried to really dictate, you know, the way you're supposed to be or the way you're supposed to act. And if for some reason Mm -hmm. you just don't feel like you are that person, a child isn't strong enough at that point in their development to want to necessarily push back. They're afraid of, you know, not making their parents happy or am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. It's very confusing, Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. it's confusing it's it's depressing for the child because you know I I do remember a time when I was trying to be appeasing to everyone around me and I was trying to make everyone happy because I wanted their love and I was afraid of people not loving me I was afraid of not having support I was afraid of those things and so I was unhappy and I was depressed and um it was a very horrible journey I would say to a certain degree but I would also say that in my process of transitioning, I've had that isolation and I've had time to really focus on the inner me and fall in love with myself in an authentic way. And I think a lot of people in life, whether you are a person of trans experience or not, I think a lot of people don't get to that point where they fall in love in alignment with their soul and who they really are from the inside without, you know, wearing a mask I believe that we all carry a mask. You know, some people put on tons of makeup because they want to look a certain way to the world or they present themselves a certain way, very macho, because they want the world to see them that way. But that's a mask. Everyone's not that way. We all cry. We all want love. We all are these vulnerable beings on this planet. And so for me, I've just come in alignment with myself and I'm okay with owning my authentic self. And I'm not afraid to be my authentic self. And so I'm here to... Inspire and enlighten everyone, not just people of trans experience, but everyone. If you're wearing a mask, if you're being someone that you're really not, be yourself and love yourself and love each other. Like, I can't say this enough. Life is so fragile and it's so
0: short. We just learned that through through the whole Kobe Bryant, uh, you know tragedy. I mean, that was such a such a, an awakening, awakening for all of us. And, you know, everything that you're touching on right now, that's exactly what our podcast is about. So, I mean, the, everything that you're saying here is just so spot on. Um, you know, you, you touched on the fact that um, you got to spend some time with Dwayne and Gabrielle. And my question is to you, they, uh, I, I read that they reached out to the cast of Pose, and that's why we're so excited to uh, to have you on here today. Is because we wanted, we wanted to, we love that you know you guys are coming together as a community and really helping each other kind of go through these things and talk about it. What was some of the advice? that you had given to Dwayne and Gabrielle regarding um,
2: their daughter? Yeah, I would say, um, well, we haven't specifically talked about that exact thing. I have shown my support, uh, you know, on my social platform. Um, it's more so about building a relationship and just being there if I needed to be there for any type of guidance. But if I had to say anything to them, I would say to continue to love their child the way that they are. I think that they're daughter is very bright very brilliant very courageous and um i love what uh, gabrielle and are doing right now because i think that a lot of parents also need a great example of what it looks like to love authentically even with their own children and um, i would just encourage them to keep doing that
0: yeah
1: so now I think we think it's unfortunate that they received, you know, some backlash recently of, you know, having had this conversation uh, become kind of public. And in my opinion, it was some some arrogant rappers that had come out and made mm-hmm. some pretty rude comments. You know, what would you say to those individuals who, who are, you know, in, in my opinion, speaking from um, a place of ignorance and, and a lack of education? You know, what would you say to them so they had a better understanding of, of what, you know, Zaya is going through?
2: I would more so challenge everyone, them and whoever. I would challenge everyone to kind of look at yourself and ask yourself, from what source do you come from? Are you coming from a place of love or are you coming from a place of hate? And really be honest with yourself. And I would just challenge a person to ask themselves, you know, are they speaking from love and are you living in love? And uh, we say these things in the name of God, but that's not who God is. And, and um, just being honest with yourself. I would challenge people to really think about that. I think that we get so caught up in our own selves that we forget the bigger picture to life. We forget that that's a child. We forget that the message that is being pushed is love and peace. And we begin to become these other beings and start harming each other or, you know, spitting hate at each other. That is a child. And so I would just challenge everyone to really look at themselves from the inside and be real with themselves.
1: Well, it's interesting that when, you know, people like Bootsy Badass or Young Thug and these guys make these ignorant comments and they go so far in one direction, to me that says they're covering something up. Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. Maybe
1: there's something in their own family or their own life that they're embarrassed to discuss. So they're pointing a finger. It's a classic deflection
0: it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point of view. But um, I, I assume, Haley, that you saw uh, Cardi B, you know, came out in support of them. And she told her fans that people are born like that, like Lady Gaga's song, I was born this way. Um, so kudos to Cardi B, wouldn't you yeah, say, support Haley? support from the B.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't happen to see that, actually, but um, thank you for telling me now, I know. And yes, kudos to that. That's yeah, exhausting.
0: yeah, that was so awesome that she did that. Um, okay, so I want to change things up a little bit. I have a okay. question for you. Um, so okay. you, you recently posted a pic with a handsome man on your Instagram. So <laughs> I'm really curious. Is this your boyfriend or what's going on, girl?
2: You know, I <laughs> it's so funny because I've posted actually a few people on my page, and every time I post anyone, I'm always getting asked this question. I would say that my... Love life is private, yeah. But I do get asked a lot whenever I post Any person up, everyone's always asking me. Um, I will say this though: I'm very happy in my life right now, and um, very secure in my life right now. So I know that doesn't really answer your question, but <laughs> Well, yeah, it not just kidding. says
1: that <laughs> you are a private and be active.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's so
0: funny. Tell us how you were um, actually cast on Pose. How did that come about?
2: I was cast on Pose, so I was actually. Um, in a play called Charm and that play was through Bernie and who's actually doing the Little Mermaid movie now and um I got a call from my agent while I was working on that play and um I'm sorry, I was coming to New York to work on the play, and my agent said I have the perfect role for you. It's about the ballroom culture. It takes place in 1987, and I think it'd be great for this. And so I was like, "This is amazing," because I actually come from the ballroom. And um, the ballroom was created for individuals to be able to walk and compete against each other, and have the opportunity to live the dream of you know being a movie star or something of that nature because they weren't accepted into the mainstream world. So the ballroom itself is, um, it dates far back, I would say, believe around the 60s is when the ballroom actually formed. And um, great things wow. from the ballroom have been inspired, like Madonna's song Vogue actually was inspired by the ballroom culture. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah. And so the movements of voguing actually originated from the ballroom scene, So that's just a little bit about what it is, and it's mostly about family away from family. So um, I read the script, and at the time, there were only two roles um, when I got around to the script that were available, which was Electra which is played by Dominique Jackson and um, Blanca, which is played by MJ Rodriguez. And so I auditioned for Alexa first. I did a self-tape. I don't think I fit the description. Um, and so they asked me to audition for Blanca's role. I did the same thing. I don't think I fit the description as well, but they flew me to New York. I met with Ryan Murphy, uh, Brad, Steven, and um, Alexa Fogle, and a lot of the executives and writers of the show. Right. And... Um, I was auditioning for Blanca's role and so after we were done, Ryan Murphy, he put his hand on his face, he folded his legs and he said, who are you? Tell me about yourself.
0: I love that. That's such a Ryan Murphy move.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and so I was in such a great mood and I remember before going, you know, I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to be myself because I had been auditioning for so many things prior to this and I was just kind of exhausted. I'm like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm not going to try to be any, anyone that I think they want me to be. So when he asked me that question, I said, well, what do you want to know, Ryan? You know, and I just began to be myself and we began to just talk about life. Hmm. I left the room. I left the room, and I remember Alexa Fogo putting her arms around me, saying, you did a great job, and you should move to the East Coast. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, like, a month or two went by. My agent called me. He's like, are you seating? I'm like, yes, I'm seated. He's like, I have some exciting news to tell you. I'm like, what is it? Just spit it out. Mm. He's like, Ryan Murphy loves you so much that he wants to create a character for you wow. and also make you a series regular. Wow. So Hulu was created all of my audition, just me being myself being and then yourself. to be a series regular. I was like,
1: wow. Yeah. So what's interesting about this to me too, is I think, you know, it's amazing that, that, you know, the cast and Ryan or everyone choosing to shine a light on this subculture. And I'm surprised that we haven't heard about, the ball culture before
0: yeah you know it's interesting Haley Uh, this is the first time that I've heard about the ball culture and I think it's so wonderful that you guys are helping educate and let people know about this and as I started to read more about it or understand about it um, I think it's just so wonderful um, that this started and and actually from what I read as a young girl you actually started a house of your own is that correct
2: Yes, so I actually uh, discovered the ballroom scene when I was about 15 years old, and um, at the time, I was obviously trying to make sense of who I was and just articulate, Um, so I found the ballroom scene. I joined it around 16, 17, and I eventually became a house mother, and I was the youngest mother um, at that time, and I'm from the L.A. chapter, so I was a mother at the age of 18, and um, I was the house of Rojo at the time. Wow! So, what
1: does a house mother do, though? Kind of explain that to us.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, a house mother is like a house father. They're the leaders of the the pack, and basically, they are usually the most knowledgeable, the most wise, and they're the ones that kind of snag the most trophies, but kind of have their head on the strongest. And so for me, I was, you know, always considered an old soul, at least that's what older individuals told me. And I think because I was just very grounded and focused, uh, the father at the time, he asked me to be the mother. And so it was my job to make sure all of the house members were in school or just, Uh, staying focused on what their uh, adventures were, endeavors were. and So that was my job as health mother, and just to keep things in in the guidelines and be there if you needed a shoulder to cry on and things like that. Um, Of course, I think I was too young looking back at it now because I had only had so much experience in life, but they definitely trusted me, and I think it was my maturity that they were looking at.
1: So so to clarify too, so that our listeners completely understand, you know, what you're speaking about, the ball culture itself evolved out of the fact that individuals that were part of LGBTQ who were rejected, pushed aside. Parents didn't embrace or were non-supportive. They really had no place to go, and so this exactly. culture of acceptance was was created. Obviously, very underground back in the days. And then mm-hmm. you know, individuals like yourself take a leadership role. You start to mentor these individuals, give them a sense of community, and help them through this process and struggle of what they're dealing with. Correct?
2: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And um, I would say that. It, it, is, it is mostly about individuals who have been, uh, you know, um, discarded out from their family, but I want to say on record, too, it's also been open to cisgender people, people who have never not identified as their gender as given as birth, so it's also been open, and it's it's been underground, but a lot of Hollywood has been a part of their ballroom scene, the ballroom culture. Like I was stating earlier, Madonna herself was a part of that culture as well, so it, it's been very underground, but a lot of Hollywood is also Come and been inspired by the wrong
1: thing as well. So, yeah, Born This Way by Lady Gaga.
0: Yeah, I mean it's such a it's so yeah. interesting that, that that you know that this was happening and we didn't even know about it. So my question for you, Haley, is you know as a, as a young kid out there that might be listening to this, that's um, you know still trying to figure things out, like how do they find out about something like this, or how do they know where to go and maybe find um, a house to be a part of? Like where do you where do you how do you connect with people on that level?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would say we're living in a time now where you have shows like Pose. Um, and so I think that watching that show and just kind of studying each inv- individual uh, actor's like journey, and I think there's a lot of research going on right now and a lot of, um, what am I trying to say? There's a lot of data now as yeah. opposed to when I was coming up. So I think, like, even just following our careers, I think that's access there. There's also the LGBTQ Center, where a lot of youth can go to to get guidance, and um, it's a forever-growing community. Of course, we are only just now tipping the iceberg, and it's a lot more work that needs to be done, but I think that there's a lot more information via, you know, LGBTQ uh, community and things like that from the LGBTQ Center that you can go to, and those things weren't really around when I was younger. So I think that's a, a step in the right direction.
0: Are the houses still something of today or is that something of
2: the past? Oh, no, that's something of today. Uh, definitely. That's still something of today. And actually it's expanded. So I would say the ballroom thing started in New York city mm-hmm. and it's expanded to Atlanta. There's some in Detroit. There's some in Los Angeles as I stated earlier. And so there's ballroom everywhere. And There'll be these big annual balls, and people will fly in from all over the world to compete. There's even balls in Paris now. So um, wow. the ballroom is definitely expanded. And there was a documentary done um, years ago called Paris is Burning about the ballroom culture, if anyone wanted to check that out. And it, it, it starts from 1987.
0: Wow.
1: Well, I mean, it's super exciting. I mean, we have to congratulate you all your success as an actress, but also as an activist. And I think it's amazing you're using your platform to step up and discuss these things. Mm -hmm. And so people are really starting to take notice. Uh, We were uh, told that you recently had a feature in Playboy and talked about the meaning of womanhood. (laughs) Talk a little bit about that experience. What was that like? Oh,
2: my gosh. So that was one of those moments where I'm literally pinching myself constantly, just Unbelieving, like, I can't believe that I'm actually doing this. Playboy is something I've always wanted to do. Um, for one, it's an it's a iconic company and it's an iconic and just classy, the way that they carry um, their individuals. And so, how that happened, there was a writer named Bruna who my team reached out to. They took a look at my profile and they liked me, uh, thank God. And Um, they did an article about womanhood and my experience and my interpretation of what that means for me. And uh, the experience was mind-blowing. I am still in shock that that actually happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm just happy to be building a relationship with Playboy.
0: That is so awesome. And that's such a testament to anyone out there that's struggling with just being themselves. I mean, look at that. You just shining through in that moment and letting everything go and not trying to pretend like you're anybody else earned you mm-hmm. this incredible, amazing role on the show. So that's so exciting. And and, to, and not to mention something else that I'm really excited about for you. Um, you were recently honored with the Stand in Your Truth Award at the Essence Black Woman in Hollywood Um Tell tell us what that means to you, because I have to mention that, you know, the Black community has been known to be fairly conservative and not so open when it comes to these sort of views and, and acceptance, um, especially of the LGBTQ plus community. So talk to me about what that award meant to you.
2: Well, first, I want to say that for me, I had my mother in the room with me, and if anyone has ever listen to my interviews or or even in this interview, I've mentioned her already about three times. My mother is my example of the woman that I want to be. She's the woman that I look up to. So first I want to say having my mother right next to me in that moment, being honored and being there from when I was born on up to present day and all that I've gone through, that in itself was a cheer jerker. Mm. Um, That in itself was uh, something that was overwhelming for me. Um, Looking at her be proud of me it made me feel good. And so as far as the question, in the room, yes, it has been that our community of black and brown people are very conservative, and um, I think that it's the great example that love is the strongest force on this planet in this life, right. and love always wins. And so that is the perfect example, being in that room amongst beautiful black and brown women that I've admired since I was a little girl and having the respect and having the acknowledgement, it felt like another dream come true. I'm telling you, I'm constantly <laughs> pinching myself just in disbelief, but also in belief. And just I'm ecstatic and I'm 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 just so happy. And so it meant a lot to me and also to the rest of the women in my cast as well. But my mother, I was having my mother there Really meant the most to me. Um, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to be like her, and she Aww. is the perfect example of class, beauty from inside and um elegance and just love. Wow, Haley,
0: we got to meet your mom now. <laughs> she you sounds like you an incredible to. person. Well, Haley, we can't <laughs> say thank you enough for um for coming on today. I know you're so busy with everything you have going on, but to take the time out today to come on our podcast, help educate people, help us learn a little bit more. Um you know, just about everything that you've been through, and and hopefully help educate people out there that you know have have opinions or judgments or whatever um, they might be. We just really appreciate that. So tell us where people can find you on your social handles
1: and what's next for you.
0: Yeah,
2: yes, you can follow me on my Twitter at two one three sahar. S-S-A-H-A-R. Also on my Instagram at Haley Sahar. That's Haley spelled H-A-I-L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R. And what's next for me? So I'm actually releasing my new music. My new single will be out very soon. Um, I have some great exciting things coming before that. Um, And I'm also going to be releasing my new music video. So I'm really excited about that as well. And um, if I have a few moments, I want to say one little thing that I say on almost all of my interviews. And um. I think it'll really help tie everything together for the listeners. Um, What I want to say is that, Everyone on this planet was a child at one point, and as a child, children are innocent. Children do not judge. Children do not harm. They do not envy. They are merely the purest form, and we we were all children at one point, so the natural state of who we are are loving beings who do not judge, who do not harm each other. As we grow, we learn hatred. We learn to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. We learn to see color and sex and all of those things. So I want to say that that's the prime example that hatred is learned, but it's not the natural state of who you are. Mm -hmm. We have to remember who we were as children. We have to get back to that place of love authentically and remember that life is short. I think if we remember the child within us, we will get along a lot better. We will understand each other a lot better we lose some side of that as we age. And I think that that's important to say because everyone can relate to that. that
1: that's actually quite brilliant. And I'm going to use that on Gretchen later because <laughs> I'm really, really immature and I want to embrace and support that. <laughs>
2: Please do. Hashtag Haley Sahar. I say that on all of my interviews and I think it's so powerful. No, so it thank really you is. That's really, that. really
0: powerful. I love how you uh, how you sum that up. And I think it's such a great takeaway for our audience to remember that, you guys. So thank you, Kaylee, so much for your time today. We appreciate you so much. Keep going out and shining your bright star. We're so proud of you. We can't wait to tune in to this next season of Pose. Uh, tell us when it airs. It's on the FX series, but when does it air? I don't know, but
2: I want to say roughly around summertime, but I can't don't quote me on that. I'm not okay. exactly sure. I know okay. we're in production right now, so
0: So we'll keep we'll keep an eye out for it and on, on Congrats FX.
1: on everything, love. We will keep we will be watching.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Haley. Have a great day. Bye, you too. Bye-bye. Babe, that was such an interesting conversation. It's extremely interesting. I learned a lot. I learned so much. And I hope all of you out there learned a lot too. We just so appreciate people like Haley coming on and help educate us. So you guys, the question of the week for you guys to ponder on this next coming week, and I really want you guys to think about this. I want you to think about, do you feel you still harbor some sort of prejudice, um, which we all know exists from a place of ignorance and not really knowing, you know, like we mentioned several times, hatred and, you know, feeling uncomfortable about things really does come from a place of fear.
1: It does. And the question, is, is what are you doing to help educate yourself and others about that particular subject?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you guys want, I really want us to think about it. Think about what you can do for yourself um, to hopefully change that, you know, reach back into that inner child as Haley talked about, uh, you know, really find that innocent place of no judgment, just love. No, you don't see race. You don't see color. You don't see, you know, a title that somebody's put on somebody really reach in, dig deep, think about what you can do in your community to change that narrative.
1: Yep. You been listening to another episode of not too taboo. If you like this content and we know you do, be <laughs> sure to download, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms
2: from here and beyond. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week.